Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Our scripture this morning comes from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We look at Psalm 23, verses 4b through 6, and Luke 8, 22 through 25. And I invite you to follow along. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. And a reading from Luke 8, verses 22 through 25. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out, and while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A windstorm swept down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we are perishing. And waking up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased, and there was calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? They were terrified and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The great irony of this morning is that I'm standing before you preparing to preach on the spiritual practice of rest. As I said earlier in the service, when I absolutely and completely am absolutely awful at it. Even when I take that quote-unquote time off, my mind is still circling, going through the list and the things that I'm not doing or the things that need to be done when I can get done with all this resting practice and get back to what I need to do. Even when I'm on vacation, it takes me a few days to relax. There's a word for it called stresscation, that you got to deal with the stress before you can go on vacation. Apparently, that's what my husband told me this summer when we went to the beach and I wouldn't relax. I'm so envious of those people who can go on vacation, and it's almost like they flip a switch and they can just instantly move into vacation mode without having to do that list before you leave the house or that list before you enter into that hotel. The great irony is, and the spirit's sense of humor coming through, is that I am standing before you getting ready to practice and preach about the practice of rest when I am admitting I am absolutely atrocious at this particular practice. So like any person who knows this about herself or themselves, I avoided this sermon all week. I didn't want to put pen to paper to admit what was going on and how I try and avoid this practice. That is until my body had other ideas. At the beginning of the week, I felt tired. I felt run down. I felt 
exhausted, physically, mentally, spiritually. I was exhausted. But I said, I got to power through and keep going. And I didn't listen. And so my body took matters into its own hands. I felt run down, and it was just a bit of a cold, nothing major. It's just with that changing of the weather, something that made me slow down. But it was my body saying slow down because I wouldn't listen. It was in that moment I had a moment of clarity, and I finally started asking myself, what am I doing? What am I doing to myself, and why am I doing this to myself. Why am I feeling guilty because I'm not being productive? I'm not doing something. Why am I feeling like I'm letting everyone down because if I simply say no? Why does it feel like I am letting everyone down if I say no, I'm taking a break? Why do I feel guilty when I need to step away so I can take a rest? There's a lot of stuff to process in that one sentence, and that's another sermon for another day and something I will work out with my spiritual director this week. But guess what happened? Guess what happened this week when I decided to take a break? Nothing. The world didn't fall apart. The church did not implode. Life went on and everything I worried and feared that would happen didn't happen. Sure, I didn't get through my to-do list, but I wasn't thrown out into the streets. I wasn't berated by a crowd of people with pitchforks and flaming mobs because I didn't do my to-do list. I didn't destroy anybody's expectations because they had to wait a few days before I did something I was supposed to complete. As I stepped away for a few days so that I could rest, I could feel the tension flow out of my body. I actually enjoyed being with my family. I wasn't snarling at them because they were preventing me from doing what I thought I was supposed to do. I was able to simply be, to be still, and know that God is God. I may know that I didn't change the world with this revelation and I didn't make a huge difference like if I had completed my to-do list and ended world hunger. But for me, my revelation changed my world. And that is what mattered this week. By letting go, by stepping away to rest, I realized that everything does not depend on me being productive. And I changed my world by reclaiming who I am and whose I am. Before anything else, I am a beloved child of God. I am not a cog in the machine. I'm not a brick in the wall. I am not some unnamed, faceless peace that has been created solely for what I could produce. I know that these worlds I am sharing seem very simplistic in form, but they have radical implications for us 
as people of faith. They have radical implications for us and our world. Everything at our world about our culture and our society is based on what we can produce, what we can bring to the table, what we can do, what we can pay, what we can make to enhance the financial situation. Whether that's our financial situation or somebody else, it's all about what we can produce. Nothing, nothing, nothing in our world embraces the invitation to simply be, to be in relationship, to be in community, to simply be still. It is all about what you can do for me, what I can do for you to prove how productive we are. As humans, we are told our worth literally lies in what's in our bank account, our degrees, and how many can, what we can do, and how much we can do, and our business is scheduled for all that. The busyness of our schedule shows us our worth. We go around and we ask, how are you doing? And what's everybody's answer? I'm staying busy. I'm staying busy. And we go, oh, that's just wonderful. I'm so sorry, but that's just great. You're busy all the time. That's the world's narrative to us as human beings. But our faith narrative tells us a completely different story. The story which transforms us into the people that God created and calls us to be tells us that our worth is grounded in the unchangeable life-giving knowledge that we are created in the image of God. That we are loved more than we will ever imagine. Our faith story tells us that after creating the world, God rested and called it good. Our faith story tells us that God makes us lie down in green pastures. It's not God invites us and God says this will be a good thing for you to do. It tells us that God makes us lie down in green pastures. Our faith story tells us that sometimes when the world is in chaos and we feel like we cannot get our feet underneath us, that the best thing we can do is go and have a snack and take a nap. And here's the best part of it all. Our faith story tells us we have nothing to feel guilty about. We have nothing to feel guilty about because our faith narrative reminds us it's not about production. It's about community. It's about love. It's about grace. It's about being in relationship with each other. It's about making justice for those around us. And we can't do any of that if we are not healthy and healed ourselves. As people of faith, as people of God, first and foremost, our faith story tells us it is about respecting our createdness in that image of God. We are told over and over and over and over and over again that we are valued by our God, not because of what we can do, but because that the light of Christ resides in us. In our faith tradition, 
Our faith story gives us these tools to remember this, to practice this. So this knowledge becomes a part of our very being. Our faith tradition, our faith story invites us to practice Sabbath rest. And so we're going to do that this morning. We're going to practice Sabbath rest through the practice of centering prayer. Our faith tradition reminds us that at the heart is the place where God dwells. At the heart is where we connect to that image of God and ourselves. And this ancient practice, the contemplative practice of centering prayer, allows us to turn within ourselves, to rest within the presence of God within ourselves. It's particularly helpful for all of us who are caught up in the demands of life and invites us to just take a few moments to center ourselves, to look inside, to get in touch with that image of God. What you do is you choose a word. It's a sacred word. And it's easier if it's kind of like a one sort of symbol, like love or justice or listen or peace or rest. You hold on to this word and you introduce the word into your mind. And you sit comfortably with that word as your eyes are closed. And you briefly take time to settle yourself. And then you settle into prayer. You continue to sit quietly, simply resting in God's presence. And then you conclude your prayer. And you come back to that time and moment. So I invite us to do that now. I invite you to get comfortable. To put your feet on the floor. To lift your hands on your lap, oh, palms up, to embrace and receive the Spirit of God. And to think of the word, your sacred word, that you need this morning. Whether it's God, or love, or justice, or rest, or Sabbath. That is your sacred word. Let that word become a part of you. Settle deeply into prayer. Notice the sensations of your body as you reflect on that word. Return to that word again and again. And I invite you to come back to this moment, to this space, holding on to that word and you incorporate it, incorporate it in your daily devotions as you go through this week. The point of centering prayer is not to get answers immediately. It's to sit with that word, to let it become a part of who you are, to look and say that's not reaction, but how do we respond? You look at that word and say, how is it interacting in my life? And where do I see it all around me? It is my hope that this word, whatever it may be, but the centering prayer, this practice of rest, becomes and serves a reminder of who we are and whose we are. 
that it serves as a reminder to respect our createdness as ones who are created in the image of God. It is my hope that this practice of rest serves as a reminder that oftentimes when we feel like we don't have the world underneath us and our feet are not there, that the world is in chaos, that oftentimes the Spirit of God is calling us, making us, to lie down in green pastures, reminding us that oftentimes in the chaos in the world, the best thing we can do is to go have a snack and take a nap. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.